Good morning, Christ Prez. Our scripture today is Psalm 23. Hear the word of God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I think it's safe to say that Psalm 23 is the most familiar of the Psalms. Many of us have memorized it. Many of us might say we know it by heart. It's a famous Psalm and for good reason. Poetically, it's beautiful. The imagery is so rich. But more than that, as I hope we'll see, in vivid and evocative ways, it takes us to the very heart of the gospel. It gets down to the very foundation of our life with God and God's life with and for us. So it's rightfully famous. The danger, of course, is that we would miss the riches of it due to our familiarity with it. I mean, we've seen these words printed and reprinted so many times. This is the psalm most likely to be hanging in church fellowship halls all across the country. This is the psalm most likely to be framed and gathering dust at your local thrift shop. This is the psalm most likely to be displayed in your grandmother's bathroom. This has become the kitschiest of all psalms. We've all seen it. We've all read it. Many of us have it memorized. We might say we know it by heart. But do we? Know it by heart. Know it in our hearts. Do we really know this psalm deep down? Really believe it and trust it and live on the basis of it? Or do the words just stay in the frame, superimposed upon a grassy meadow full of sheep. You know, during my sabbatical, Psalm 23 became a kind of anchor for me. Early on, the Lord led me to it, and then he kept leading me to it. And so I ended up spending a lot of time with it over the last four months. Wonderfully, I was not spending time with it to prepare a sermon series. No, I was spending time with it because doing so felt like God's provision and protection and love. It felt like my soul being restored. It felt like being led beside still waters. It felt like God preparing a table for me. It felt like God shepherding me. It felt like in fresh ways, God was working the reality of his goodness and grace down into my heart. And it was just a beginning. I mean, Psalm 23, it's not a hard Psalm to memorize, just six verses, but I'm just beginning to learn it by heart, learning to trust it and live like it's true. So when I tell you that we're going to spend the next five Sundays in Psalm 23, you might think that sounds like a long time to spend with just one Psalm. I promise you, it's not nearly long enough. This morning, I want to draw, draw our attention to just the first verse and to highlight three simple but I think life-shaping truths that holds up for us. First, it tells us that we have a shepherd. 
Second, it tells us who the shepherd is. And then it tells us what this means for us right here, today, and then tomorrow, and forever. Okay, so first we have a shepherd. What's the significance of this? Well, by implication, we have a shepherd because we need a shepherd. And we need a shepherd because of who we are. If we're sticking with the metaphor of the psalm, something about our identity is implied by our having a shepherd. What is it? We're sheep. Sheep. When you were younger, I wonder, did you ever do one of those group icebreaker exercises where the prompt was something like, go around the circle and share, if you could be any animal in the world, which animal would you be and why? Pretty silly, right? I mean, having to do one of those icebreakers is one too many. But I've been asked to do that more than once. And one thing I've noticed is that no one ever says a sheep. If I could be any animal, I'd be a sheep. No, they always say something like I'd be an eagle because it'd be so fun to soar around. Or I'd be a lion because lions are kings of the jungle. You know, I roll. I mean, (laughs) let's retire this icebreaker once and for all. But no one ever says a sheep. If I could be any animal in the world, I'd really want to be a sheep. And the reason no one ever says sheep is because while eagles are out there soaring around and lions are out there ruling the jungle, sheep are out there, you know, jumping into ditches and then being rescued and then jumping right back into the same ditch. Over and over, the Bible likens the people of God to sheep. We have a sheeply identity. The thing about sheep is that they need a shepherd. They are creatures who are entirely dependent on their shepherd for their lives, for protection, for provision, for shelter, for tending to injuries, for rescue. Eagles don't need a shepherd. Lions don't need a shepherd. Only sheep do. And that's because without a shepherd, sheep are utterly helpless. Now, my tendency, and maybe yours too, initially, is to resist this sheeply identity. I mean, we think, surely we aren't this bad off. Surely we're a little more self-sufficient and capable. I mean, some of us have accomplished stuff. Some of us have gotten stuff done. Well, because we resist our sheeply identity, we tend to take the shepherding role upon ourselves. We live like we're the ones most responsible for our lives. We live like it's up to us to lead ourselves and to protect ourselves and to provide for ourselves. We attempt to shepherd ourselves and the result so often is lives filled with anxiety and restlessness and profound fear. It's like we've memorized Psalm 23 maybe, but we don't know it by heart. Psalm 23 is a psalm of David. I want you to think about David. What do you know about David? Um, He's one of the greatest figures in the Old Testament. Here's a man who knew exactly what it meant to be a shepherd, because he was one, and who knew what it meant to be a sheep, because he spent a lot of time with sheep. Here's a man who had extraordinary skill and strength. He could single-handedly fend off lions and bears. I can't do that. You can't do that. He went one-on-one against a giant and lived to tell about it. 
He composed some of the most beautiful verses of poetry and song the world has ever known. He became the king of Israel and one of the only good kings Israel ever had. He was the closest we get in the Old Testament to anything like a Messiah. I mean, David was a really impressive human being. And David knew that he needed a shepherd. He knew that he was incapable of shepherding himself. He learned by painful, heart-wrenching experience that when he tried to shepherd himself, things didn't go so well, not for him and not for anyone close to him. And what about you? Do you know your need for a shepherd? Do you know that you are not designed to shepherd yourself? See, maybe now is the time to give that up. Maybe now is the time to abandon that whole self-shepherding project. I mean, what makes you think you could pull it off anyway? Not even David could do it, and he's more impressive than you and I are. David knew he needed a shepherd, do you? Well, David also knew that he had a shepherd. And this is just as important. Verse 1 implies our need for a shepherd, but it also declares that the need is met. We are not sheep without a shepherd. And maybe that's what you need to hear this morning. You have a shepherd, and it's not you. It doesn't have to be you. You have one, another, who is completely committed to caring for you. You have one who is entirely devoted to leading you and feeding you and protecting you and loving you. You have a shepherd family. Psalm 23 makes that so clear, it also tells us who this shepherd is. The identity of the shepherd matters because not all shepherds are created equally. Well, it turns out not all shepherds are created. Look again at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Most English translations have Lord in all caps, which is a way of telling us that this is bringing over the Hebrew word Yahweh which makes this an extraordinarily bold statement. Yahweh, you'll recall, is the name that God reveals to Moses at the burning bush. It roughly means something like, I am who I am, or I will be who I will be. One of the things God communicates by revealing himself in this way is that um, he, he is completely self-sufficient. He doesn't depend on another for his life. He has in himself everything he needs. And nevertheless, this is the one who shares himself out of the abundance of his steadfast love. And so this God not only creates the universe, but sustains it moment by moment. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is a God who calls humans into relationship with himself, and he makes promises to them, and he keeps these promises even when his covenant partners completely fail to hold up their end. This is a God who is good, and who is also sovereign. He's wise and he's also powerful. He delights in his good creation, and when his creation jumps off the rails, so to speak, and dives into a ditch, this is the God who determines to rescue and redeem it. This is not a shepherd who throws up his arms in exasperation and walks off. This is a good shepherd. This is a glorious shepherd. In fact, this is just the best shepherd there is. What other shepherd has done or, or could do what Yahweh has done? Let me ask you something. Why would we, sheep that we are, want to shepherd ourselves when we can boldly, joyfully declare with David, 
The Lord is my shepherd. It's one thing to have memorized the phrase. It's another to know it by heart. Notice one more thing before we move on. Look at how personal this is. The Lord is my shepherd. See, David is expressing a deep confidence that the Lord is attentive to him, not just because he happens to be one tiny, tiny part of God's good creation, not just because he happens to be a member of the community of God's people, but because David is David. Uh, This is a shepherd who knows his flock, not as an indistinguishable collection of individuals, but as a very particular beloved sheep. Can you say this? The Lord is my shepherd. You see, it's the difference between being able to say in some kind of general and abstract way, God loves me, because of course he loves everyone. And being able to say on the other hand, God knows me very intimately and personally, and God loves me. I am his and he is mine. Can you say that? Can you live on the basis of it? The psalm tells us that we have a shepherd and it tells us who the shepherd is. None other than the Lord himself. Now last, let's look at what this means for us today, but not only today, I mean, tomorrow and the next day and the day after that and actually forever. I would simply draw your attention to the second half of verse one. I shall not want. There it is. That's what this means. To the extent that we have learned by heart that the Lord is my shepherd, we will be able to say with David, I shall not want. Now, I shall not want. That's a fine way of putting it. It's the classic way of putting it in English ever since the King James Version was published. But no one really talks like that anymore. What is this saying? It simply means this. I lack nothing. I have everything I need. Now that sounds extreme, doesn't it? Say everything? Oh yes, everything. Now the rest of the psalm expands on what it means to have everything we need. And we're going to explore this together in the coming weeks. But for now, let me just end with this. When the Lord is our shepherd, we can say that we have everything we need because the only thing we really need is the Lord. And we have him. He's our shepherd. But the thing about having a shepherd is that really he has you. Sheep have a shepherd, but really the shepherd has the sheep. The sheep belong to the shepherd. And when the shepherd in question is the Lord, what else could you possibly need than to be his and for him to be yours? But maybe that's too abstract. Let's let's try to get more tangible. One of God's most wonderful and amazing promises in the Old Testament is in Ezekiel chapter 34. Listen to what God says there. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been plundered and has become food for all wild animals, and because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than for my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. 
This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. You know, outside the Bible, the earliest Christian confession we have on record is this. Jesus Christ is Lord. It's the earliest Christian confession. And and to say Jesus Christ is Lord is to make a confession that can't be surpassed. It's a claim that the human being Jesus is none other than the Lord of the universe, Yahweh himself, the God of Israel, the God who created the heavens and the earth. When this God decides to enter into his creation, this is who he is. This is what he's like, exactly like Jesus. Jesus is what it looks like for the Lord himself to be our shepherd, for God himself to enter into his creation, to search for his sheep and to look after them. I shall not want. Why not? Because Jesus is my shepherd and Jesus is the good shepherd. In Philippians, the Apostle Paul expresses his confidence that God will supply every need of ours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It's a lot of glory. It's a lot of riches. With Christ, we lack nothing. In Christ, we have everything we need. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. What other shepherd does that for you? See, he lays down his life on behalf of the sheep, in place of the sheep. It's like the shepherd becomes the sheep. It's like Jesus lives for you and dies for you. He shares his entire life with you from beginning to end. The great Reformation theologian John Calvin put it like this, your salvation is dearer to Jesus than his own life. He is so eager to save you that he doesn't even spare his own life. This is our good shepherd. This is the one who owns the heavens, who owns the stars, who owns the galaxies, who claims all the treasure in the universe. And he says to you, you are mine and I will lay down my life to ensure that you are mine. Family, the Lord, none other than Jesus Christ is your shepherd and he's my shepherd. And because of that, we have everything we need. Believe the gospel in Jesus name, amen.